Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day on a Thursday. Oh, yeah, you can smell it. The weekend is near. and get you a little closer to the weekend throughout the show by playing some good South Louisiana music from my guy, Will Wesley. That is on the way. Can't bring you the good food of South Louisiana, but I can bring you some of its tunes. Also, going to have the Joe Rose Show. You can always smell the Joe in the morning. He's talking with Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. The Dan Levitard Show, celebrating heat, culture. Then Hawk and Crowder, oh, they got the guts. They got the guts, sort of. No sort of about it, though. Right now, I've got the headlines. Jimmy Butler's walk-off free throws led Miami to a 116-114 win over the Bucks. Heat lead the series 2-0. Tonight, it's Toronto versus Boston at 6.30. Then at 9, Denver plays the Clippers. The Marlins lost a pitcher's duel last night to the Blue Jays 2-1. Miami plays Tampa tomorrow at 6.40. Jason Taylor will be replacing Bob Greasy in the Dolphins radio broadcast booth. You can hear all the games here on 560 The Joe. Inter-Miami and Atlanta United drew to a scoreless tie last night. Miami plays Nashville Sunday at 8. Tampa Bay has signed Leonard Fournette to an incentive-laden one-year, $3.5 million deal. He'll join LaShawn McCoy and Tom Brady in the Bucks' backfield. Steve Nash has been named the Nets' new head coach. The two-time league MVP has no previous coaching experience. Tonight's NHL playoffs will see the Flyers take on the Islanders at 7, then Las Vegas and Vancouver square off at 9.45. Both the Flyers and Golden Knights lead the series 3-2. And now let's go ahead and take a step into the day spa. <sighs> Bush Beer says it has quickly sold out of a special non-alcoholic beer it is brewed for dogs. Hmm, it's funny. I've had Bush and Bush for Dogs and can't really taste a difference. A Virginia estate with amenities like a winery, brewery, go-kart track, and retired Budweiser Clydesdales is on the market for $75 million. Man, if I had 75 mil. A woman in Africa recently bit off her husband's genitals after he refused to remove a rat from their bedroom. Dude, just get rid of the rat. It's not worth it. Now on the weather, tonight's forecast, clear with temperatures in the mid-80s. This morning, Joe Rose got up and had probably about four pots of coffee. Zach Krantz didn't because Zach Krantz on vacation these next two days. So my man, Alex Dano, joined Joe Rose. He probably had about 
four cups of espresso. And they talked with a guy who's probably drinking a lot of coffee these days because he is about to get very, very busy. Dolphins head coach Brian Flores. Dolphins, New England, they kick off the season. Not this Sunday, but the next. Listen to it here on 560 The Joe. What they talked to the head coach about? Well, evaluating players with the limited time available. The QB competition gives us some thoughts on Atua. And Coach Flores also takes a look at some of the other rookies on the team. We are joined by the head coach of your Miami Dolphins, Brian Flores. And coach, it's hard to believe we're a week and a half away from getting the season started. I know you and your team have been working so hard. How are you, coach? I'm great. Thanks for having me, Joe and, uh, and Alex. Yeah, we're 10 days away. We're excited and uh, we're raring to go. Just got to get a few more practices in. Uh, we're still in the evaluation process, and, but uh, yeah, we're excited. So where's Zach today? Zach took the day off, man. He's uh, he's oh, getting man. those vacation days out before the before it starts <laughs> up, there, coach. You know, everybody sandbagging well, a little bit. I did something stupid the other day. I didn't know the practices were shut down. So big dummy over here was trying to get in. I heard you practice, and <laughs> he told me the practices were closed. That's what happens when you don't follow the uh, social media stuff, coach. Really dumb move by me. Really, really stupid. So it's a different time right now. You know, things are closed. You don't know. It's, don't don't be too hard on yourself, Joe. Yeah, I'm not. Don't worry. Hey, coach. Few days away from uh, getting the team down to 53. How hard has it been to evaluate guys with no preseason games and padded practices? Is basically how you're evaluating. How hard? It's tough. It's different than it's been in past years. But look, these are the circumstances we. we we're dealing with and every team's dealing with them there's no games no preseason game no real live looks so you know every practice rep every you know walkthrough rep how guys uh, answer questions in meetings it's all part of the evaluation um and we have to make our decisions based on that so um it's not something that you know we're pouting about or we just you know th- these are these are the circumstances and we're making the best of it we're going to make the, the best decisions for the miami dolphins under these circumstances Coach, let's talk about the quarterback competition. I know you came out a couple of days ago and said, hey, it's not Ryan's job yet. All the all three guys are, are in there. When will you make that decision? You got to you, you gotta have a pretty good idea who you're going to start at this point, yes? We've got practice today. You know, we've got practice really kind of the next three days. Obviously, cut down Saturday. So, I mean, we'll have a pretty good idea then. Look, from an evaluation standpoint, uh, the guys have put on tape what they put on tape, you know, at the quarterback position and at, at all positions. Look, we know we we have a pretty good idea of you know who who it's going to be, but look, if somebody comes in and, and you know lights it up at any position over the next three days, then uh, things change quickly in this league, as you know, Joe. You know, Coach, I, I'm really happy with certainly the position that Tua Tungo-Vailoa is in as a rookie to be able to have a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick to lean on and learn from. Like, how much of that has been going on, Coach? I mean, obviously, Tua's supremely talented, so he's going to be able to, I believe, thrive in this league no matter what. But but how much do you see him so far leaning on Fitzpatrick for knowledge and for growth? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I see that with all the rookies. I mean, I think from the O-line to the D-line to the quarterback to the secondary, I think it's that way you know for rookies and thankfully we've got you know some veteran players who've, who have experience in this league and had some ups and downs and specific to Ryan and Tua Ryan's had a lot of experience in this league as far as being a professional I mean we can talk about all the things on the field you know early down reads and you know your progression on on a given pass play your matchups 
decision making in two minute versus third down versus red area. I mean, you can talk about all those things, but as far as off the field to being a professional and doing all the things uh, it takes to, to to make it in this league, that's been really good. And you can kind of see the bond those two specific to Ryan and two of those guys are making. But it's, I'm seeing it, you know, in some other positions as well. Coach, real quickly, because you you know every day uh, I've been here since 1980. I've never seen anything like it with uh, with a draft pick made by Tua and the buzz around him. His improvement from day one to the last time I saw him has been amazing. What have you seen from Tua so far with so much popularity coming into this team? He's a kid who's got a lot of poise. He's a humble, uh, a humble and genuine and authentic kid. That's you know why a lot of people gravitate to him. I've seen a lot of improvement, but. You know, at the same time, uh, we were talking about this as a staff the other day. Uh, this is practice 14. This would be his – practice 13 would have been his 13th OTA practice or, or, wow. or mini camp right. practice. So yeah. this would be his first training camp practice. So, you know, when you put that in perspective, you can see how much time was missed. And that's the case for all these rookies and, and you know, kind of young players. You know, there's a lot of time. Look, this is, and I've told them all this. This is, this is unprecedented in that, you know, we're going to go out there and play with the least amount of practice and preparation in probably NFL history. So we understand that. They understand that. Uh, but the entire league dealing with that. Uh, but as far as from day one to now, I mean, I've seen a lot of improvement from Tua and all the rookies. But we still got a long way to go. I mean, when you, when you kind of think of it from that perspective, that this would be his first today, would be his first actual training camp practice that kind of, you know, speaks volumes. Well, let's talk about the other one. And that's been that offensive line with three rookies getting a lot of work. Uh, Jackson. Hunt and Kinley, you got a lot of young guys going to play, but let's talk about the offensive line and how those guys have, a lot of them since day one have been kind of in there. You've seen them obviously get better to trust them here. You feel pretty good about potentially, there's a good chance those guys going to have to play against the Patriots here in a week and a half. There, yeah, there's potential for that you know, to be the case. Uh, I think those those guys on the offensive line, uh, similar to Tua, they worked extremely hard. Um, they're talented, uh, they're smart, they're tough, important to them. But again, you know, with no live action, game action, going into a game, you just you just don't know. You know, there's potential that we go out there, you know, with, with a couple of those guys, maybe all three. In a lot of ways, uh, uh, you know, this season, there's a lot of unknown going into this year, and I think that will be the case for us. You know, we're young, uh, we're inexperienced, but there is some talent here, and uh, you know, I think I think you know they're they're going to put their best foot forward. We're going to we're going to put our best foot forward and try to try to try to you know take it one play at a time and, and have a one successful play at a time. That's kind of been my my mantra to these to these young players and really all the players. And you know, we'll see where the chips fall after that. I mean, Coach, I, I do have a follow-up on the offensive line, uh, and and I, I always get really excited about rookies, and I'm very excited about Austin Jackson, who was you know one of your first-round picks this season. What have you seen from Austin specifically? Because I, I think he has a lot of potential. Uh, yeah, I mean, Austin, all the rookies uh, on the old line, and you know we've got, we're going to be playing. We got we got a lot of rookies who who could potentially be playing. But Austin, he's smart, he's tough. It's important to him. Uh, he's athletic. He's been up out there against some decent ends in Shaq Lawson and, and, and Agba, and we try to get him as many looks against you know those, those types of players. Consistency is a big thing for him, and really all every every one of these young guys. Look, they they wouldn't be in this league if they didn't have talent. Any one of them can can flash or make a play, but it's you know can you do it consistently? Can you consistently block on the O line? Uh, the rushers in this league who are big strong and mean can we can you can you do it consistently so look, there's going to be some ups and downs with each one of them i think to, to go into it thinking that they're going to walk in and be world beaters is you know uh i think it's naive in a lot of ways but but you know they're, they're, they're hard-working kids uh austin's at the top of the list as far as you know 
love of the game and competitive and, and, and hardworking. And, you know, they'll get knocked down every once in a while, and I'm confident that they'll, they'll get up. Coach, every time I'm out there and I watch practice, uh, Noah Igbenogany has been unbelievable. And even when he doesn't make a play, he seems to be right there. I'm sure he's made rookie mistakes. I haven't seen him. But, boy, with all the passing that you guys do in practice, he, he's really surprised me. And he's a first-round pick, and he shouldn't. Has he surprised you with the way he's kind of stepped up, especially with Xavier out? Look, he's a talented kid. I think Chris and you know our personnel staff, you know, did a lot of homework on on Noah and and the and, and this entire draft class. We knew he had some some ability. He's really done a good job from a preparation standpoint, getting extra work in, you know, from a technique and fundamental standpoint, and it's shown up in practice again. You know, you'd love to have some games, you know, under your belt so we could really get a, a, a better feel for, for where he's at. Because, you know, quite honestly, you just don't know. You don't know. I mean, sometimes it looks, you know, good in practice. And then pressure of a national a game in the National Football League with, you know, against good receivers and good quarterbacks and, you know, good defense alignment and good specialists and, you know what I mean, all those things and the intensity and intensity level and the speed of the game. You know, what we've seen in practice has been okay thus far. We'll see. We'll see in 10 days. Yeah. Hey, Coach, the other thing is uh, defensively, again, I'm just watching my eyes here and, and practice that the defense has been way ahead of the offense. Has it been that way for you watching tapes? That is that the way it should be? I wouldn't say that. I think offensively – We've made some plays in the run game. We've made some plays in the pass game. Defensively, it's been the same. I think it's been competitive. I think guys are working hard. I think guys are improving. Uh, but, you know, in a practice setting, there's some things that come into play that that are different than in the game. You know, penalty versus no penalty, catch, no catch. I mean, there's some things, the substitutions, you know, as far as keeping fresh guys in there. I mean, it's, it's just so different. We've got 80 guys out here. We'll have 53. We'll have 48 at the game. <laughs> when you're playing in the heat over, you know, a period of time, you know, fatigue sets in. And it does out here. I mean, you guys have been out here. It's hot. But, you know, when the intensity level picks up, team picks up as well. So it's hard to say, you know, offense, defense. Hey, Coach, um, I always wonder this because and, and some other teams have said it, so I'm stealing this off NFL Network a little bit. You expect more of a rotation early on because there hasn't been a preseason and it's been a different camp that maybe more guys will play rotating in and out so you don't have one guy playing 60, 70-plus plays? You know, that's, that's something we've talked about. You know, it's hard to think that, you know, without a preseason, limited offseason, that guys are going to be ready to play, like you say, 60, 70 plays. It's hard to think that. But, you know, we do have some guys who I think are in good shape, who've played in NFL games. You, you might feel more comfortable doing that than others. So we'll, that's really case by case, Joe. But, yes, I mean, I think, you know, by and large, you know, is 80% of the, 80% of the or 90% of the team ready to play 60, you know, 60, 70, 80 snaps. Maybe they are. You don't know until you get out there. But my experience, I would say that's it's that's unlikely. Your job, and we found out last year, is to win games, and we saw it. Everybody was, you know, oh, this is going to be and, – and you made it clear, listen, man, I don't care what you're seeing now. We're here to win football games. You, you got a lot of young guys you want to develop, yet you still want to win football games, and you've already brought it up a few times. How do you treat that going forward? Because you got so many young, high draft pick guys that look like they're going to play, yet you want to give your team the best chance to win. Well, Joe, we're always going to go out there um, and try to win, win win ball games. I mean, that's that's how I'm wired. That's how uh, Chris is wired. That's how this organization's wired, and that's that's going to be how this team's wired. So, young, old, 
in shape, out of shape, you know, we're going to go out there and try to win the game. You know, if we need to put you in there and get Jason Taylor out of broadcast booth, and then that's what we'll, that's what we'll try to do. You know, we'll probably go with, we'll probably go with Taylor before you, Joe. That's just, you know, my personal. Hey, my personal I would agree uh, with that. I don't think you have a position for me, but, you know, 99 might still give you a couple of good pass questions. I know. I know what you're saying, Coach. But to answer your question, yes, we're always going to try to go out there and, 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 and win ball games. Obviously, there's not a lot of young players. You know, we're going to try to develop them all. But we're going to try to win games as well. Coach, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, we had such a good time. I could tell. I think we should do this again in a couple of weeks. So thank you so much, Coach. Thanks, Coach. All right, <laughs> Just Joe. kidding. All right. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate right. it. Stuff tell, there. Tell, Joe tell is... Zach I say hello. Thanks, thanks, Al. Theme of the show. Mm, you can smell football in the air. One week from tonight, the U kickoff against UAB. Of course, you can hear it right here on 560 The Joe. And then, not this Sunday, but the next, Dolphins Patriots. <laughs> Getting so close. You can also hear the Dolphins here on 560 The Joe. Speaking of smells, wait a second. I smell South Louisiana. No, not the food. Some of it's music from Will Wesley on the way, plus a little bit of this from the Dan Levitard Show. I mean, Dort was having a great game, man. He was 6-12 from 3, 30 points, 10-21. He was throwing Dort's out there. The thunder came up just Dort. What? You got it working. (laughs) That's as bad a joke as Stugatz has ever told. Bad jokes from Stugatz and all just five minutes away here on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day, and as promised, a little bit of taste of South Louisiana musically from Will Wesley. This is his new song, Let It All Burn. Ah, yeah, like sitting in South Louisiana, looking out over the bayou, drinking some iced tea or beer or whatever you want, and rocking out to some Will Wesley, let it all burn. Get you laid back this Thursday, but get you ready at the same time for the weekend. The Dan Lebetard Show, they get your day going from 10 to noon right here on 560. The Joe earlier today, they're talking about Lou Dort. Yes, Lou Dort. Dort. Also, Game 7 craziness between OKC and Houston. And then, of course, they just revel in heat culture. Happy Lou Dort Day to all of you at Lebetard Show. There is something funny about his name uh, (laughs) that makes it a little extra magical that in the game where you could find someone to criticize, no matter who won and who lost, whether it was Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, James Harden, James Harden somehow advances while going one for nine from three. But what a great play defensively at the end of that game. Two great plays. One with the block. The second one avoiding a guy. It was like dodgeball. How did he how was he able to slow or block the shot of Lou Dort 
for a season. <laughs> Lou Dort joins like LeBron James, his youngest player ever, to have an amazing Game 7. I don't even know the stats. Just uh, just know that, that there's something about the fact that his name only has two syllables and there's a, there's an O that you can't find in Lou. Uh, there's something about Lou Dort that doesn't feel like it should be deciding Game 7. How is there a missing O in Lou? I mean... Guys, that game, the NBA last night, absolutely won all of social media. It was incredible. And these were quirky finishes I don't think many of us have ever seen before. Each final five seconds seemed like they took an eternity. Was it Mark Jones on the call that said Chris Paul was born for this moment and uh, then he loses the ball? Oh, yeah, he was born for He runs from that moment. I mean, Well, he just scored 15 points in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't that moment because it was game six, right? Yes, it's got to be yes. fourth quarter of game seven. Specifically, yeah. final possession of your season. And seemingly a play drawn up for you, you lose the handle and it ends up in the hands of Dort. I love all the Monday morning quarterbacks who knew, hey, why didn't Steven Adams go attack the rim there? Like all these professional coaches in hindsight had it all figured out. I, that's an excellent point. Guys, the play wasn't drawn up for Steven Adams. That's why he didn't go to the rim. Okay, for those of you who do not know what Chris and Mike are talking about, that uh, Oklahoma's uh, Oklahoma City season ended because it would appear that that uh, Steven Adams on one of the munchkins from uh, whichever munchkin it was. I don't know whether it was P.J. Tucker. What He had a... I think it was Westbrook because Westbrook and Steven Adams collided on that play. One it was of, Westbrook. I'm one of it. their many 6-4 players uh, that the Houston... <laughs> Which is probably their center. Yeah, it could be their center. Westbrook was playing center for them. Adams had a free run to the rim there where you could have lobbed it up to him and possibly had an easy layup at the rim because he had a, a, a sizable advantage over the guy guarding him, uh, I would just say to you again, there are very little chances at the end of a season that the play that's going to be drawn up is to a guy who is something between a pirate and a barbarian. Uh, he is on the court, and he is there to grab a rebound over one of the munchkins if that happens, but he is not out there in order for a play to be called for him to be rolling to the basket so that he's deciding your season. I do understand, though, why all the Twitter coaches out there would say, hey, that play's open there's a reason that plays open. They weren't going to it. Everyone knew it, including the munchkin who was guarding the pirate. Right, right. but when you need it and you need a bucket, you might want to go to the thing that perhaps no one's expecting you to go to. I mean... Okay, perhaps in game seven, perhaps the toss is to the pirate because he, everyone knows he's the fifth option out there. To it, now to play both sides of this, they did end up throwing it to him near the three-point line. So at that point, I guess they could have maybe done it. So, well, you know what? Everyone's right on You Twitter. know what? Because your choices were Chris Paul or Lou Dort. That's that's why Lou Dort. I mean, Dort was having a great game, man. He was six to twelve from three, thirty points, ten to twenty-one. He was throwing Dorts out there. The Thunder came up just what? Man, you got it working. That's as bad a joke as Scott has ever told. Bad joke. But, but and you loved it though. You 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 gave us all those sets. Set himself up. You were for setting it. yourself up for the terrible joke. He was throwing Dort's out there as if Lou Dort's name isn't funny enough by itself. As if it's not funny enough that that guy had a LeBron James game while being named Lou Dort. Lou Dort is an accountant. Lou, you can go find Lou Dort right now at an office. At your building, he's in the department where uh, you can find your account. Man, I don't think you can find a Lou Dort anywhere except for that court. I didn't even know that that was a last name that was possible. <laughs>
All right. If you're just joining us, we have been covering the hell out of that Heat game uh, yesterday, and we were wondering, and I need an answer to this, if Steve Javi is the referee in the history of NBA referees most likely to dress like Hugh, Jack- Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman. I also want to put him in other outfits uh, other than The Greatest Showman. Why? Because, because I want to see if there are any better outfits other than that outfit for, for look-at-me referee yeah, Steve Javi. The reason for this is you were arguing arguing Steve Javi is the most look-at-me referee of all time, and this is a guy that once threw out Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I was also arguing that uh, Steve Javi never disagrees with anything the referees have done, and it's infuriating. The shipping container is very excited because when you say what's not to love, uh, the Miami Heat are giving us, uh, giving our fan base here in Miami locally a feeling that is uncommon uh, for this market when it comes to basketball, which is you are the lovable underdog. You don't have any of the hate and the polarization of so much of the decade in basketball when it was LeBron. You were looking at Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Uh, The Miami Heat have a chance to pull an upset. This organization has the chance to uh, really pull the biggest upset that it has ever pulled in uh, postseason basketball. You say this city, I think the lovable underdog in the NBA is just a rarity in general, right? Because Chalk always wins in that sport? Yes, but they're, uh, they right now, you have seen from some of the analysis we were talking earlier, you've seen that some of the analysis is plagued by people who have not watched this team all year and are expecting Jimmy Butler to be fourth quarter man in a way that is not the way this team has played. It's not going to be Donovan Mitchell against Jamal Murray. It's not going to be isolation guy uh, being better than your number one. Because the Miami Heat don't have a number one as good as Milwaukee's number one, you are seeing something that you do not see often in this sport where the better team beats the better guy. That's not the way this sport works. If you have the best guy, you tend to win. Um, If you have the best guy who is the MVP, who many people consider to be the future of the NBA, yes, you you normally win these series. I mean, and so this, what you're seeing right <laughs> now that is really interesting, we've told you this before, okay? The Miami Heat is not merely building this season to defeat Giannis. They are building this season to take Giannis from Milwaukee. How could it happen? The way that you're watching right now, where Giannis is playing against these guys and is like, wait a minute, why is this harder than it is anywhere else? Hey, Giannis, we can do that for you too in Miami. Because the goal of this blueprint is to put someone next to Jimmy Butler who is better than Jimmy Butler. And so you don't have to get into any of those conversations about, do you want Giannis taking free throws late? What are Giannis's signature playoff moments where he's hitting or creating a shot on a buzzer beater when four guys are guarding him and they don't have to respect him shooting a three? It's amazing that Riley has been able to do this again. First off, he's a couple of games away from the Eastern Conference Finals, which no one expected. So the now is taken care of because they've already exceeded every expectation that anyone had for this season, okay? But with one Jimmy Butler signing and a couple of draft picks in Bam and Tyler Hero, he has, tur- he has turned the franchise around and made it a place that Giannis would seriously consider in the offseason. Well, I-, I need to 
backtrack for just a second here because Riley is in his mid-70s. And what we're talking about right now a year ago would have been unfathomable. They had too much money tied up in Hassan Whiteside and Dion Waiters and James Johnson. They didn't uh, have any salary cap room to get uh fast uh to get anyone right. good fast to get young fast and yet here they are with a bunch of players under 25 years old being led by uh Jimmy Butler with a trade acquisition that seems in retrospect obvious when now you're looking at it and Jay Crowder and Iguodala are guarding Giannis you're seeing why they traded for those two guys in defensive moments to just be an athletic handful for Giannis in a way that doesn't get Bam in foul trouble. Yeah, their bad cap situation was obviously of their own making, and they didn't, They made a, a great run, which in retrospect probably put this franchise back, but they acquired one of the most coveted free agents last year with zero cap room. Imagine what they can do with cap room. The way it's set up, the reason they did not trade for Danilo Gallinari here during the season is because they didn't want anything to jeopardize the ability to get someone like Giannis next offseason. But I'm telling you, in the way that this has played out so far, Stugatz, not just through two games, but in general, the way that it has played out, getting the Bucks in the second round, the thing that gets Giannis out of Milwaukee, if you can pry him out of Milwaukee, is him looking around and saying, I don't have enough support to get out of the second round. I need more help than what it is Milwaukee has built for me. Even though his guys, I think through two games, have they've given him enough. Yeah. Have they not? Middleton and Lopez but, have been pretty good. This is the problem, Stugat. They've been pretty good because by design, the Heat has been totally fine with anybody but Giannis beating them. Somebody is going to get those points from Milwaukee. You're right that they've been yeah. fine, but they've been fine, at least in part, because anywhere Giannis goes, four guys are going to end up building some sort of obstruction in front of him. Well, Giannis may leave this thinking this organization needs to get me more, but with the players, I mean, Chris Middleton is an all-star. George Hill is lethal from three. Brooke Lopez turned out to be a really nice piece, so I think if Giannis is looking at like, how can they help me go next level, maybe it's not the players, maybe it's the coach, because Giannis needs to be better. Uh, but here's the thing, though. I would say to you guys and the the audience at large, no matter how good you think Middleton is, he is not someone who is considered nationally like, that's the Paul George to Kawhi. That's the guy that you want as your number two because he's going to be your Pippin. Would people say that about Jimmy Butler? Yes. He'd be a great number two to Giannis. A better number two than Chris Middleton. Yeah, you're right. They would. They would say, I mean, I'm asking, is Jimmy Butler better than Chris Middleton? And and yes, I well, think most people would say Certainly in yes. perception. Yeah. Certainly, I, certainly in terms of regard, reputation. Like, we can sit here and parse the numbers, and we can do whatever it is you want that's not going to be sort of metrically, it's not going to feel like we're studying it very well because you don't know how much better Middleton is made by the idea that you've got Giannis over there who caves in everything on every defense. I don't know what Middleton would be like as a number one. Would he be Siakam? Like, I don't know. I know Bam would be a better number two than Middleton, to be honest. Imagine Bam as a number three. We're one victory from we're one victory from this becoming a conversation that's going to echo throughout America. Please, 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 Heat, get us a win tomorrow. Six thirty tip off. Oh yes, you gotta love the way the Heat and their culture is coming through in the playoffs. To celebrate that, some more Hawk and Crowder. We both predicted Milwaukee again, Dan Day as well. Solana made sure he reminded you all of that during the montage, but I would just remind you once again, you're welcome. That is a classic 
Reverse Sports Jinx. We did it again. You're going to hear more about the classic Reverse Sports Jinx that is oh so glorious here in South Florida. And some South Louisiana music from Will Wesley. Five minutes away on the Best of the Joe Show. This is the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard here on 560 over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Dan. I know we're in South Florida. I know we're in Miami, but I got to bring you a little flavor from South Louisiana, a guy I've seen live before. I've also had him in the studio for some interviews. He's played music for my radio shows, and I'm featuring his music right now. It's Will Wesley, a little weekend adventure. Wesley, a little bit of country, a little bit of rock and roll from South Louisiana to you and I here in South Florida. Nothing's more South Florida than Hawk and Crowder. Hawk went to the U. Crowder, he played for the Dolphins. Oh, they got guts all right. They got that heat culture too. Also, you're welcome for the reverse sports jinx from pretty much all of us on the show except for Solana. Also, we need Perk in MIA and what to do with the Rosen one. But first... Solana's got a fire heat montage for you. Live from American Airlines Arena in Miami, it's our broadcast of Game 2 of the Eastern Conference semifinals between Miami and Milwaukee. Do you have a prediction for tonight? Do you have a gut? I think the Bucks might tie it up. I just feel like it's Milwaukee tonight. We're waiting for Milwaukee to win a game. I'm just scared of Milwaukee still. Do you have a prediction for tonight? Do you have a gut? Very close game the entire time, but the Bucks win it late by eight. I'm talking about one, two points. They have they have a barn burner and win it late. The Bucks win. Dan Day, do you have a prediction for tonight's Heat Bucks game? Yeah, I'm gonna go Bucks by five. I think the Bucks might tie it up. I am going to say Milwaukee by eight. This stuff is hard, and you got to stay together if you you got got the guts, guts. and you don't find the first door and run out of it. Butler baseline, step back for the win, and he is fouled. He is fouled, Jimmy Butler, and he'll go to the line. Jimmy Butler got fouled and a chance to win it at the free throw line with no time left on the clock. I have seen everything. (laughs) For the win at the free throw line. Got it to go. Oh, it rolled on off the front of the rim and down and in. I thought it was going to pop out. Oh, my goodness. And that is the ball game. Oh, mercy me. 
The final score, Miami 116, <laughs> Milwaukee 114. I don't believe what I just saw. If you, if you got, got the guts. guts. We got the guts! I don't know if we had the guts yesterday. We got them now, though. We got the guts! <laughs> I had bubble gut during the last 10 seconds. I had guts. Bubble guts. That was a great game. Great, great basketball game. We both predicted Milwaukee again. Dan Day as well. Solana made sure he reminded you all of that during the montage. But I would just remind you once again, you're welcome. That is a classic reverse sports jinx. We did it again. It is. I will tell you. Crowder and I, uh, and uh, I'm always transparent about this stuff. My right hand to God. What did we bet last night? We had Goran Dragic over 20 and a half points. He had 17 at the end of the first half. (laughs) And he went over... Uh, in the fourth quarter, and so we cashed that ticket. And then we had another ticket that was a four-team parlay. First team was the Heat plus six. We had money on the Heat plus six, and uh, and so that was a winner. But then we had Houston minus five and a half as the second leg of that parlay. That was a loser. But also, remember, before the series started, we bet the Heat to win the series at plus 350. That ticket's looking good right now. Yes, sir. I like that So you're welcome, everybody, for the reverse sports jinx. Um, You're a genius because I was just flat out wrong. (laughs) They're they're better than the Bucs, right? Period. Period. End of story. They are better than Milwaukee. And I make this mistake and praise Solana. We talk about it all the time. Solana was right. He said, when are we just going to say the Heat are good? When can they they not have the letdown game? I'm starting to lean that way, man. The Heat are 6 and damn 0 in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like it's going to be a Heat-Boston Eastern Conference Finals. They're better than Milwaukee. I'm saying it. They are better than Milwaukee. Now, tomorrow I'm going to predict Milwaukee again. Spoiler alert, just so you know. And by 23 points. I'm not, man. The Heat defense, they have the the old cliche, they have their number. Bro, nothing is easy for Milwaukee offense. Milwaukee seems nothing. out of it, right? They just seem out of it. They do. You saw Giannis take over. And Giannis, Giannis, you, Giannis came out so aggressive, which I loved because he, you know, all the criticism. He came out so aggressive. But still, man, it wasn't – nothing was easy on him, even though what he dropped, Mm-mm. 31, I believe. Yep. Every time he went in, he had to work. He had to beat two and three guys. They're, the Heat defense is special. And by the way, the Giannis over-under was 31 and a half. That's crazy. It's just crazy. Not only is Kendrick Perkins going to join us to talk about the Heat, and that dude has embraced the Heat. He loves what they're doing. In fact, those, those he, Miami he, goons, he, the <laughs> Miami goons. He he's sent out some video message yesterday, and I retweeted it and wrote, I'm going to start a GoFundMe to buy Kendrick Perkins a place in Miami because we need him here. We need him here. We just, we it do. makes me feel comfortable to know if he was here. Uh, play that message that he sent out. This is after the Heat game yesterday from Kendrick Perkins. I keep telling y'all about them goons, them goons. Today on first take, Miley, Stephen A., Max, asked me, was the Bucks in a must-win situation? I said, yeah, the Bucks need this win like a janitor need his cleaning supplies. But guess what? They forgot they Fabuloso. They forgot they Clorox. They forgot they Mop. They forgot they Trash Bag. They didn't bring none of that. How you go clean up if you ain't got none of your supplies? Man, you better quit playing with these Miami goons from the Dade County. Eric Sposa, <laughs> UD over there. 
the cap, the OG, Rick Rose. Huh? The bus. <laughs> they perk all this. I'm telling y'all. Man, them people suffer than Sherman's tissue, man. Stop playing. What he want all that smoke? Every bit of it. Carry on. Carry on. <laughs> He dropped a Rick Ross in there. He dropped a Fabuloso reference, which we love on this show. Everyone's got to have Fabuloso. <laughs> We've been telling y'all for for years. And Perk that's knows a, you that's why have. I know he'd fit in so well here. Everybody here's got Fabuloso. Hawk, man, you, you gonna get him a tutu? What like what, what are you gonna get? Perk? I've seen I've seen Depends his house in some uh, pictures. Depends how much I raise on the GoFundMe. How much you, know you putting in? I I disagree with Perk on one thing. They didn't forget they Fabuloso and they Clorox. The Heat <laughs> stole their Fabuloso and their Clorox. Oh, so you're saying they brought the Fabuloso? Yeah. And the Heat said, "This is my Fabuloso." If we're using analogies, Giannis is Fabuloso. Middleton is the Clorox, and you know what? And, and my man, the little point guard that was injured, he's the mop. They had, bro, they had all their weapons. They had all their tools. Then he just stole them. They took them from them. So let's get headlines here with Alejandro Solana. Ah, <laughs> the clown horns for me and Crowder. He in four. <laughs> oh. You know what? I can't make fun of you anymore. You know, He's we're supposed four. to be we're supposed to be off on Monday for Labor Day, but Monday would be the day after they sweep Milwaukee if they do sweep them. So I'm ready to work Monday. Are you? What'd you say? What'd you say again? <laughs> I I thought I was just, I thought I um, thought you say. I thought you say come to work on your day off. I, I'm working is... Monday. If the Heat sweep, I'm working Monday, and I'm taking Tuesday off. Hulk, I think oh, you're not here little... Tuesday either, are you? No. I think it was Cedric <laughs> the Entertainer that said, when black folks get a break, we break. <laughs> I'm not coming to work on off day. I will be here. I will be here, Heat Nation. All right, what do you got, Solana? Crowder told you. You crazy. Let's do a tweet. Let's tweet about it. Let's tweet about it. <laughs> Game two, Heat Bucks finished 116-114 in favor of Miami. Game three is tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. The early line's already out, guys. Milwaukee, once again, five-point favorites. Really? Really? Yes. Heat. Wow. Miami, they have uh, been fielding trade offers in recent days. It's the Dolphins. For Josh Rosen, that was reported by ESPN earlier. Yeah, I saw Adam Schefter <laughs> tweeted that out. No surprise. Yeah, I mean, you know, but it, it like I wouldn't give them up unless you get something good, right? Because why not keep three quarterbacks in this COVID season? Hawk, you know, good for Rosen. I'm talking about a five, Hawk. Something like I wouldn't, that. but I wouldn't give him up for a five. Is my point? Because where are you going to get at least a decent quality backup for a million dollars? Not many places, but I don't it's, know. If it's he's not worth a five to me. Like, what's what? Like, why make that trade? Why make the trade then? The five's not going to do anything for you. And we're so on we're on different sides, Hawk. Because you said a what do you say a quality backup? I don't mm -hmm. think he's a quality backup. Oh, I do a backup. I think he'd be perfect, perfect. A third string backup, no, no less for for COVID. And he knows the system a little bit. Yeah, you you know what? Co the COVID you threw in a that's, variable. That's the that only reason. About. That's the only okay. reason is because okay. COVID. If you get a two or a three or whatever, sure, I'd give them up four <laughs> or five. Or I would not. I'll just I'll just send them somebody else if they give us a two for Rosen. <laughs> hey, bro, you can have Isaiah Ford if you want to. Well, if somebody, on. but if somebody in week one or week two loses their starting quarterback and they're in desperate need. Like, I, I I, think you could end up getting something for him in return. Hawk, sometimes we should be a part of more than what we do. That's do right. not trade him now. 
Wait until saying. the season starts. You, Talk I, you about it. You Talk got my attention, Hawk, and you have swung me. Do not trade him now. Wait till somebody needs him. They don't need him now. They're going to need him week four. Talk Hawk, about it. Talk about it. Co-sign. All right, anything else, Solana? The Marlins, they did lose 2-1 to one to the Blue Jays yesterday. They begin a three-game series versus Tampa Bay tomorrow. They're off today. All right. Game seven between the Rockets and Thunder. Just an, an abysmal ending. The Rockets did overcome the Thunder 104 to 102 yeah that was a uh, bizarre finish as well I I don't I don't know what was going on there <laughs> yes, all I know is I had weird. Houston minus five and a half How, who, James Harden makes a defensive play but only drops what 11 that that was a weird game Ooh, he was awful I I mean I know some people are going oh but he had that block at the end. I think D Wade even Kendrick Perkins were said oh that block I mean that shows you didn't quit and I'm with you there but he was like two of nine at one point and I mean it was just brutal Bro, shooter, shoot, shooter. Jamal Crawford has one of my favorite quotes of all time. If I'm over 37, I'm going to hit the next 35 or whatever because I'm over 50 percentage-wise. James Harden tapped out. He was just giving the ball up standing yep. there. He tapped out yep. last night offensively. What are you going to do? I'm going to hit the beach and some beers. Harden, thanks for having fun with me tonight. Let's do it again tomorrow and every night at 6 o'clock here on 560 The Joe. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Later, slug. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.